Let's pray. Father, first of all, we give you the glory and the honor because you are God. And we acknowledge that everything that we have that's good has come from you. And whatever ability that is on us is because of you, Father. And so everything that is done today will be done for your glory and for your honor and for your praise. And so I thank you for the anointing that rests on your word to remove burdens and destroy yokes today. Holy Spirit, have your way in this service. Lead, guide, direct, reprove, rebuke, announce, reveal. Show us things to come. Go up and down every aisle, in and out of every row. Remove every burden and destroy every yoke, Father. Holy Spirit, don't allow one person to walk out of here today the same way that they came in. And as always, we're going to give you the glory for all the good that manifests in this service today. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. Just love on one person today. Shake someone's hand. Uh, speak life into them. Give them a big hug. Give them a compliment. However God leads you. Then tell them something good is happening to you today. Last week, we started a summer series entitled The Spirit-Filled Believer, at least the first portion of it. Let me be clear here. I'm not talking about in this text uh, the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit. I'm really talking about the Holy Spirit within at salvation and then the Holy Spirit upon, all right? And so over time, what's happened is people begin to confuse uh, the two, uh, salvation and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so what we're proving out here are, are these two different experiences. And so on last week, we, it's important that we look at what Jesus said about it. And, and what Jesus said in John chapter 14 was key because he spoke about both of these events. And in John chapter 14, he encouraged us that if we would keep his commandments, then he would pray to the Father and ask the Father to give us another comforter, right, or parakletos. And so one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit is to help us. I mean, if you have the Holy Spirit helping you, you can't get lost in life, right? Because he'll lead and guide you. One of his primary roles is to lead and guide you into all truth. One of his names in John chapter 14 is called the spirit of truth. And so if you have the spirit of truth living on the inside of you, how I many of you know the devil can't lie to you? People can't lie to you. It's very difficult to be deceived when you have the spirit of truth living on the inside of you. And then we looked at uh, some of his primary roles, according to Romans chapter 8, is to bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So we are a spirit that possesses a soul that lives in a physical body, but we are a spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes to live in our spirit, and then it testifies concurrently or jointly with our spirit that we are children of God. And I don't know about you today, but that is the greatest honor that can be bestowed upon me is to be called a child of the living God, right? And then later on in Romans chapter 8, 16 and 17, he said that part of his responsibility then was to make us aware of what our inheritance is. It calls us a heir of God and then a joint heir with Jesus Christ, a co-possessor with Jesus Christ and a possessor with God. So everything that belongs to God belongs to us. 
Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to us. And the Holy Spirit's job is to help us get our inheritance. And the biggest part of our inheritance is that, you know, he made this great exchange with us. So for, for sickness, I mean, you know, the exchange is that we should live healthy lives all the days of our life. Right? The exchange is that he became poor so that we could be rich. So we don't have to lack, we don't have to suffer with our needs not being met throughout the course of this life. And then the other primary thing is that we don't have to fear death. He took death so that we could live forever. That's so much to be. That's a loaded, I mean, I'll take that all day, every day, right? And so we want to walk in the fullness of everything that the Holy Spirit provides for. But then in Acts chapter 1, he talked about a different experience. He made this statement. He said, John truly baptized with water, but he said, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then this language went along with that, and that Holy Spirit would now come upon you. In John chapter 14, he said, it would be in you and be with you forever. Ever. In Acts chapter 1, he said that it would become upon you. So he said two different things about the Holy Spirit. Let's pick up today with letter C. Let's pick up today with letter C. If you're following along, the Version Bible app is the best way to do that. Of course, we're going to give you a lot more that's in that app. So take notes right along with it. Go to the event section. Click on Linked Up Church, and the outline is right there. I want you to look at someone and tell them your life will never be the same again starting now if you believe that today go ahead and give God some praise in advance for it alright let her see here do the apostles agree with Jesus of course the apostles were the ones that he was speaking to in Acts chapter 1 who were in the upper room so now that Jesus has gone back to be with the Father, let's see if the apostles actually agree. And I would look at this if I was you. I wouldn't just look at me. I would look at the scripture either on your tablet or in your scripture because, folks, we are in the end days. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit working with you to navigate through all of life's challenges, it's tough to deal with what's happening in life today without the power of the Holy Spirit on your life. Okay? Now, do the apostles agree with Jesus? Let's read Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse 9. Verse 9, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. It says, but there was a certain man called Simon. Now, anytime you see in the Scripture the word certain, this is an actual person that existed. And so the Scripture is highlighting him for a reason. And I want to really point out why I believe today the Scripture is highlighting him. It says here, but there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. So you'll notice the early church started with people who were doing great things, but it wasn't from God. How many know it's going to be the same thing at the end of days? People are going to do great things, but it won't be God. And if you don't know how to discern the difference, you can get caught up in chasing a whole lot of things that's not God because it looks spectacular. So it says he astonished the people of uh, Samaria. They, I mean, he wowed them, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed, every single one of them, from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great, notice what they ascribe to him. This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God 
and the name of Jesus Christ. This is key. They believed Philip. What did they believe? The things that he preached about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, right? What did they believe? The things that he preached about what? The kingdom of God and what? It's important that you remember that as we continue to walk through this. Both men and women were baptized. So notice they believed first, and then they're now water baptized. So what you see with the early church is this process of people getting saved and then getting water baptized. And I'm going to prove to you in a moment that it is water baptism. I mean, a water baptized or water does not save. Water confirms that a person is saved. It is an outward sign of the inward grace of salvation. Let's keep reading here. So it says here, when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Now, I mean, we would all get excited right here because this man was deceiving so many people. Now we see him getting saved and water baptized. Well, I mean, oh, everyone that gets saved and water baptized doesn't always have right motives. Right? And, and so in the body of Christ, a lot of times, listen to me, single people, we do stuff too fast. We do stuff way too fast. So somebody would look at this, because I'm sure... Through his deception, he was a successful man. So somebody would look at that and say, now he's saved and water baptized. That's my husband. But you need to give people enough time to walk out their salvation. Put verse 18, side nugget here. I don't even know how, side nugget. Put verse 18, same chapter up on the, on the screen here. So later on in that text, he notices that uh, James and, or, or Peter and John lay hands on people when they received the Holy Ghost. Now notice what he was doing was deceiving people for money. So if you don't give enough time for the Holy Spirit to work that out of people, how many know it'll show up again? Just like if they're sleeping with you and they're not married with you, they have a problem. And you do too. And both of you all need time to work that out of you. Or it will come back and show up again. Verse 18, notice, now this same cider, Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, and he offered them what? So notice, when he got saved, he was deceiving people for money. Now that he gets saved, notice he hadn't had enough time to work out his salvation. So he's right back being who he always was. Sometimes people do this for the wrong reasons. If you don't give, see a guy go to church with you because he believes that that's the key to the cookie jar. A female will come to your church. The light is in my eyes. Can I get a good amen from just anybody in this building today? People will do a whole lot of stuff externally to make you believe they're a certain way till you get with them privately. All right, thank you all for that enthusiasm today. So I just wanted, I just wanted you to note that the scripture pointed that out. 
that he was a sorcerer, got saved, but yet wasn't really converted. I mean, you know, people can be saved for fire insurance and have no intention on changing their lifestyle. All right, let's go back up into Acts chapter 8. That's why you want to give people time. It's impossible to know someone. I don't care if you don't say amen. It's impossible to know someone after three months. The, the Lord told me, well, he, if he told you that, give it enough time to prove it out. And then I would want to know, are you two sleeping together after three months? Because how many know that'll mess you up right there all by itself? And then you'll realize you end up marrying somebody and you'll learn a valuable lesson. Love is blind, but marriage is an eye-opener. Then people feel, end up finding out after marriage all the stuff that they were already doing before they got married. They didn't change. You want to give people enough time to prove themselves without your bodies being involved. All right, let's get back into the text since you all enjoyed that so much. Just a little side nugget this morning. So then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. He was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem, the first group of people that the Holy Spirit came upon, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Listen to the language here. For he had yet fallen upon none of them, not within them, but how? Upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they what? Received the Holy Spirit. So I threw something in here because I believe sometimes when we see certain words, it automatically makes us think of certain things. And if we don't study it or look at the context that it's spoken in, we'll confuse it with other things. And so I want to talk about point number one under here. I just want to insert this because it'll help us understand everything else. I want to talk about the doctrine of baptisms. A lot of times we see the word baptized or baptism, and we think it's always talking about water baptism. But there are really three different baptisms in the New Testament. There is baptism into the body of Christ when a person becomes born again. There is water baptism after the person is born again. And then there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit comes upon a person. And you'll find as we continue to look through all of these verses, you'll see that running with believers as the church got its start. People got saved, they got water baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, let's look at Hebrews chapter 6 because I shouldn't tell you that and not show you that in the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity. Or in other words, let's grow up in the things of God. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Then notice here in verse 2 of the doctrine of what? Baptisms. Notice baptisms is what? Plural denoting that there are more than one baptism. So it says here the doctrine of baptisms, right? So now let's look at the different baptisms in the Scripture. 
Letter A up underneath point number one. Let's look at baptism into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit when a person is saved. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's read verses 12 and 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 12 and 13. says, For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we have all been baptized into what? One body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, we have been all made to drink into one spirit. There it is referring to being baptized into the body of Christ when a person is born again. The challenge is every time you see it, 95% of the time it is the same Greek word baptismo or baptizo right meaning fully wet or emerged and so if you don't read the context around it then you don't won't know the full meaning of it so if it's talking not talking about water but it's talking about being in Christ I mean then it's referring to salvation if you see water around that context then how many of you know it's talking about water baptism Right? If you see the Holy Spirit, miracles, wonders, signs, then it's talking about something coming on you to enable you to do what you cannot do without his presence on you. All right, let's look at one more. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Now, this one has brought a lot of confusion into the body of Christ, and an entire denomination came out of what I'm getting ready to read to you, right? Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, there is one body and one spirit. Just as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Right? That's the Jesus only movement. Right? Or if you don't get baptized, you're not saved. Right? And denominations came out of this, but let's keep reading. And God, Father of all, who is above all, through all, and what's those next words there? And in you all. So which one is it referring to? The Holy Spirit that comes in you at salvation. Now, if you go back and read from verses 1 all the way down, you won't see water mentioned anywhere. So you know it's not referring to water baptism. Now, let's look at water baptism. Go with me to Acts chapter 1. And I'm just speeding through this, but I just want to show you the different baptisms. Water baptism, letter B. Since Jesus spoke about both of these in one verse to save time, let's look at the one verse. He said, for John the Baptist, who he's referring to, truly baptized with what? Water, right? So that is referring to what? Water baptism. But then he says something in the same verse, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Later on in verse 8, he says that Holy Spirit would not come within you, but that Holy Spirit would come how? Upon you. So in the same verse, he refers to two different baptisms, right? Letter C, baptism of the Holy Spirit. So is everybody clear on that? So if you don't read the whole context, Sometimes it's difficult. You'll see that word baptized and you'll automatic, automatically think he's referring to water there. So I wanted to bring that out before we look at everything else today. Point number two under letter C. Let's look at the apostles believed that those Samaritans needed more. Let's read verses 14 and 15 back into Acts chapter 8. The apostles believed that those Samaritans needed more. 
Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 14 and 15 says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem, notice how specific it is. So the same group that the Holy Spirit was initially poured out upon, that is the group that they're referring to who were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God. Right? It said that they received the word of God. Now, I emphasized something early on when I was reading this. The word of God that they received was the preaching and the teaching about the kingdom of God and the name of Christ, right? So they received the word about the kingdom of God and the name of Christ. Would that denote then that these are believers? How many of y'all say just keep going and we'll figure out it as you go? All right, let's keep going. So now, so once they heard that they had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, whom when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, they already received the kingdom of God and the information about the name of Christ. Now, they go down to pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So when, I, when they got saved, didn't the Holy Spirit come and live on the inside of them? So clearly then the apostles believed that they need more than just that to navigate through those tumultuous times that they were living in. Would everyone agree with that statement? All right, so now, number three, under letter C. How do we know they were saved? Because of course people are going to challenge that every single time. Nowhere in there just says they believe, Pastor, but nowhere in there did it actually say that they were saved. Well, let's look at Mark chapter 16, because you'll notice now all they have to work on, this is the early church, so all they have to work on is what Jesus said about salvation. Now, let's look. You've got a red letter edition, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16 says, and he, Jesus, said to them, go into all the world, Preach the gospel to every creature. Listen, he who believes and is baptized will be what? So notice you have to believe first and then get baptized. Will be saved. A denomination came out of that based off of this verse. That if you don't get saved and water baptized, you are not fully saved. The same verse, folks, this is why it's important for us to study and read for ourselves. Look at the very next verse here. We'll show you that that is not true. He says, but he who does not believe will be condemned. He did not say he who does not believe and didn't get baptized. So all he's saying is that when you get saved, Water baptism is a confirmation. It confirms. It's an outward sign of an inward grace of salvation. But how many know if you don't get water baptized and you are saved, you will still go to heaven? All right, Pastor, prove that one more time. We spent weeks talking about three crosses on the hill, right? The one that got saved from his sins said, Lord, remember me when you enter into paradise. Jesus didn't say, fellas, take him down off that cross. Go get him water baptized, right? Then put him back up there so he can be with me in paradise. Now, he said, this day you'll be with me where? With no indication that he ever got water baptized. Just trying to help you folks so that we can defend what we believe. So how do we know they were saved? So according to the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 16, these people were saved, right? 
because Peter and John came down to pray for them that they would receive the Holy Ghost. He wouldn't have prayed for them. How many know you have to be saved first before the Holy Spirit can come upon you? Right? And according to what Jesus just said, all they had to do was believe. Believe what? The name of Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus Christ. Let's look at it another way. Let's look at what Peter himself wrote later on. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, New King James Version. Are you all getting anything out of this today? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, New King James Version. Let's look at what Peter said later on. Notice he said, Having been born again, not of corruptible or decaying or perishable seed, seed is the word of God, I'll prove that in a moment, but incorruptible, undecaying and immortal, notice, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So Peter says that a person get, get, can get saved by believing the word of God. Is that an accurate statement? And he calls the word of God incorruptible and something that abides forever. Come on, Jesus said that, right? He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall abide how long? Forever, right? So notice the word has eternal value, which is why you should give it greater value than anything else in your life. So now Peter makes a powerful statement there. So when we go back to Acts chapter 8 and we read verses 14 through 17, notice then with that understanding, let's notice what it says. So when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, right, which is incorruptible, right, which can cause a person to be born again, right, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So it was important for Peter and John, who were apostles, to know first that they believed before they were sent to pray for them to receive the Holy Spirit. Is that an accurate statement? All right, let's keep reading here. For as yet he had not fallen on, or he had not fallen upon none of them. Notice, not within them, but on them. But they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, with what we've established up to this point, for a person to be water baptized, you have to be what first? Does water save an individual? No. no. So that statement could not be made unless they were already what? Saved or born again. So it says here, then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So it was important to, to know that they had been saved in this context, water baptized, and that qualified them now for being filled or receiving the Holy Spirit. Are all of those accurate statements? All right, let's keep traveling today. Let's look at it a little further because somebody's going to challenge you with all of this, right? Let's look at point number or number four under letter C. Jesus is called the Word of God. Go with me to John, St. John chapter 1, and let's read verses 1, verse 12, and verse 14. Jesus is called the Word of God. Now watch this. Now, in the beginning, New King James Version was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Listen to the language in verse 12. But as many as received him, received, now it's referring to the Word of God as a person. Is that accurate? Right? So then the Word 
that was with God and that was God was a person. Is that accurate? And it says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the power to become children of God, to those who believe in his what? So if you go back in your mind to Acts chapter 8, right, I established something right at the beginning that they received the preaching from Philip about the kingdom of God and what? The name of Jesus Christ which would denote then if they believe that Jesus is the Christ, they are believers or saved. Is that accurate? All right, let's keep reading here. Verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Who is that referring to, Linked Up Church? Who is that referring to? So if I receive the word, I've received Jesus. Is that accurate? If I've received Jesus, I've received the word. Is that accurate? If I receive Jesus, I've received God. Right? If I receive the word, I've received God. Is that accurate? I'm going somewhere with this today. So in John chapter 1, then Jesus is called the Word of God. So then the Samaritans received the Word of God, meaning they received Jesus, who is the living Word. Is that accurate? So then according to Peter, the people of Samaria, according to Peter, were already born again. Is that accurate? All right, so they're already born again. So now... They came down and they prayed for the Samaritans, not that they would be born again, but that they would what? Receive the Holy Spirit. Is that accurate? So it's important to pay attention to all of this because we're going somewhere. So according to both Jesus and the apostles then, the Samaritans were saved before Peter and John were ever sent to Samaria. And being sent to Samaria, the qualification was that they had already needed to be saved. So they were sent there to give them something in addition to salvation. Is that accurate? All right. So then when Peter and John came down, they prayed for the Samaritans again, not that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit, or not that they would be saved, but that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at letter D, and we'll begin to close for today. Let's look at the witness of the early church. Now you're going to have to pay attention to this because... If you understand apologetics, you're getting ready to get challenged with what I'm getting ready to say. That's why I took that time to share all of that on the front end, right? Now, let's go back and let's look at the witness of the early church. Let's stay in Acts chapter 8, but let's back up and begin reading at verse 4. It says, Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word of God. Why did they get scattered? Because when they were in Jerusalem, the word of the Lord unto them was to go into all of the world, preach the gospel to every preacher, start in Samaria, then go, to Ju uh, Samaria, go down to Samaria, Judea, and then to the uttermost parts of the world. How many know, like anything else, it got good for them in Jerusalem? Just like, how many know, it's easy for us to settle? And typically when you settle, how many know, persecution is getting ready to come? And the persecution that came scattered them. 
And so they began to go everywhere that they were supposed to go in the first place, and they began preaching the word of God. Verse 5, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Watch this. I'm still establishing the same truth. And he preached what unto them? What did he preach unto them? He preached Christ unto them. Here's the result that happened after preaching Christ. And multitudes with one accord heeded, or you can say believed the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Folks, the gospel must be preached, not by itself. How many know you need more than just hearing the word of God? How many know you need to see the word of God? How many you need to see the power of the word of God activated in your life and on your life, right? And coming off of your life and getting somebody else freed and delivered, right? So notice, they were seeing and hearing the miracles which Peter uh, or Philip had done. Now notice, right away, the first miracle it talks about, for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed. So notice, these people already received Christ. But I mean, no, you can receive Christ and still be challenged. How I many know saved people struggle with sin if they don't get delivered from it? Hello? Now, if you look up this word unclean here, it literally means impure. It means morally lewd. And when you cross-reference unclean throughout the New Testament, in most cases, it's referring to sexual immorality. It's referring to fornication, pornography, adultery, and all levels of homosexuality, all levels of sexual sin. I mean, a lot of people who indulge in that, practice that, they come to church every week, believe that they are saved, but practice that all week long. So notice, they received Christ, but they still needed more. Hello? I mean, a big reason why the world doesn't respect the church today is because the church lives just like the world. Come on, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good this Sunday morning, June 2nd, 2019. And the reality is you can have Christ, but you still need to be delivered. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And the end result of that, that there was great joy in that city. The city was on fire because people were delivered. Now watch this now. So as we go back and we read the entire context of Acts chapter 8, you'll notice until Peter and John were sent to the Samaritans, the Holy Spirit is not mentioned in this chapter. That's verses, chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. The Holy Spirit is not mentioned one time. Pay attention, though. Christ is mentioned. Water baptism is mentioned. Believing is mentioned. Miracles are mentioned. Heracles, uh, healings are mentioned. Great joy in the city is mentioned. But the name of the Holy Spirit isn't there. But guess what, folks? We can see the work of the Holy Spirit manifested. Now, how many of you know sometimes you don't need to hear it? You need to see it. 
There are some people that will never simply believe only what they hear. They have to hear something and they have to see something. And I'm telling you, the power of God is in this place today to deliver. Oh, I wish I had some believers in this place today. Power of God is present today to deliver. Music department. So, it was the work of the Holy Spirit that convicted those people and brought them to Christ. It was the work of the Holy Spirit that healed people. They worked miracles. Right here, they cast out unclean spirits. You'll find today, you don't see a lot of this going on in churches today. Because you can't cast out of other people what you possess. Come on, I need a little better amen in this place today. And so people are sitting in church bound with pornography, bound with fornication, bound with same-sex struggles, bound with these things. And they've never heard anyone say that the power of God, Christ, can set you free. Well, if you've never heard anyone say that, I came to tell you today that the power of the Holy Ghost is present to set you free. I am a living witness that he can deliver you from unclean spirits. It has been 30 years since I violated the opposite sex in word or deed. If you are out there, come forward. If you are watching on television, come forward. If I violated you, if I've said something to you, if I've done something to you, come forward. Write the letter. Come see me because I'm here to tell you that God has enough power. He is stronger than fornication. He is stronger than adultery. Come on, somebody. We don't have to live and struggle with these things when the power of God is present to deliver you. So many people are suffering in silence. They're sitting there with their phones, and they've got wives and husbands. This is not just a male thing. This is a male and a female thing. Stand to your feet today. I need believers praying in the Holy Ghost.